Sports Social at Easton. We are live here from Brooklyn, New York, Soundcast FM. It's a Monday. Everybody loves Mondays, right? But for the most part, no? Yes? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> not really. No, not really. Yeah. That, it's I, a sign that the weekend's over, so it's like back to work. <laughs> back to work, but also means Naomi Gray is in the building, so <laughs> yeah. that's a positive thing, you know. But uh, for everybody else, yes, it's back to the work week. You know, I get it. This summer's been very good in terms of weather. Like, it's been really hot. Don't get me wrong. It's been really hot. Very humid. But it's a perfect, like, beach weather. Uh, is that safe to say? Kind of, yeah, it definitely is. But the only thing is, like, going to the beach in this temperature is, like, you're burning your feet on the sand. So it's like you're forced <laughs> to spend your time in the water, which is cool, though. <laughs> so it's enjoyable, but it's not that enjoyable. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. see, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the most, like, I should say I'm the least beach-going person you ever know. If I'm at a beach, it has to be like a special occasion. Somebody's getting married or, you know, like I'm forced to go in some for some reason, but I'm not a beach person. So I'm living vicariously through you and anybody else that goes on the beach all the time. <laughs> just saying. So uh, we have that. We have that going on, obviously, the nice weather, but sports is still going on. And for a lot of people that are not, you know, aware that we've had summer league going on this long, for for this amount of time, you're missing the boat because this was a great NBA summer league this year. Uh, whether it was in Orlando, Utah, or the big one in Vegas, which it's it's just always entertains. That's actually one of my things that I want to do for next year. I actually want to plan a trip to do that whole week in Vegas, whether you know it's just covering things and just enjoying as a vacation at the same time because. That's why a lot of players go. They don't go to support the rookies and the, the players fighting for jobs there. The reason why Dwight Howard was there because, one, he went to the UFC fight, which was also in Vegas yeah. that week, and he won the gamble. True, but it's like, I think there is a little bit of support there. They do want to see the, these young gunners ball out. I whatnot. think you're being very nice, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really do believe that's why some of them were there. Like J.R. Smith, if he was yeah, there, I that's mean, what he's there for. Of course, of course. You have those opportunities. you got to take them. Oh, yeah, that's it's a perfect vacation spot if you're a basketball fan and, you know, you want to get away. That's something to obviously check out because you're going to see some of the top rookie talent there. Yeah. And obviously it's Vegas. Enjoy Vegas, you know. So it's a reason. I'm not sure if um, everybody will want to show up to that. So you got to make sure if you have a wife or a significant other that they'll be okay with the fact that you'll be at NBA Summer League for most of that trip. But uh, with that being said, some great um, finishes. I don't know if you heard like the D'Angelo Russell finish about a week and a half ago against um, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, I heard. I heard briefly about, it, but not too. Huge too game winner. I'll play the audio later. It was really good. Yeah. One of the best him. games of the summer. That's why he did the whole like I got ice in my veins thing. You know, he does that again. That's his. That's his new thing now. Yeah. Uh, he also cursed at the end of the game, but you know. I feel like I've heard him curse more often than I. Then I you should. You know, and just like, <laughs> want to. Well, that's you know, that's really how it goes. I mean, I, this is the joke that I've always had, and I've talked to other people about. Because only the young players go to the the, the summer league, and obviously it's in Vegas. It's kind of like the NBA draft. You know, there, there are two games being played here. One is the game on the court. The second game is can you control yourself? Because that's really what they judge. They judge how you are on and off the court. Yeah. So you don't want to be like Jaleel Okafor last year during the NBA draft. You all know his story already, right? NBA draft in Brooklyn, obviously got drafted. What was he, like number three overall? Mm-hmm. That night, one hit up some parties. Oh, 
yeah. Ended up with a, a groupie. I forgot about and that. And she put it all over the internet. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Come on, man. Yo, first day in the league? <laughs> so it's like this, you're being judged by everything. There yeah. are so many that are out there and, you know, I'm, the, the, I'm not going to say they're not classy women. Everybody has an objective, whether it's a male or a female. They have an objective. Mm-hmm. So they took advantage of that situation. I don't know what she got out of it besides, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, she put it all over the Internet. And I remember reading everything. I'm like, wow, she really going. Did she show a picture of him? Yeah, it's so cool. And I was like, oh, she got nothing from it. She probably got like, yeah. a nice little check from somebody. But <sighs> now she's just known as that groupie. That groupie. And, and, and the thing is, is and this is and I'm probably, you know, going a little bit off topic here, but we are going to be talking basketball wives, et cetera, on the gray area today. So I guess it's somewhat in the ballpark. Yeah, definitely. There's no shame in it anymore. Like, wasn't it always like a little bit of a shame of like, okay, in your mind, like, don't do this. You know what I'm saying? And I, I come up from both sides. Not, not just the female perspective, the male perspective also. And that was kind of like, whatever. Let it I hang. I think there was like, briefly to talk about, I think there was like shame in it back then. But I just feel like there wasn't as much spotlight. Like, there wasn't much platforms for people to expose it now. Yeah. So now since it's like, oh, you could just fully expose it, why not own it, you know? And that's but that's the thing. I know it's the whole Amber Rose uh, mentality, like, you know. No, it's still be not some, acceptable. What happened to class? I thought that's, isn't that something that that's people been thrown liked? thrown out the window. Like, that's, I thought that was always a big thing. And that just seems to be, like, secondary, whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hurt, it hurts, I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> no, I feel you. As a female, I definitely feel It's rough. It's rough out there. So... You know, we got that situation, obviously, Summer League. Exciting stuff. I'll play some of the highlights from it a little bit later. Also, we're going to talk some WNBA. The L.A. Sparks, best team in basketball, really. One loss. I don't know what the WNBA record is for an entire season, but stuff like this has me wanting to check and really discuss if this is a team that we have to talk about as one of the best in the league's history. I mean, pretty much at the halfway point, only only one loss so far. That's a, that's a heck of a pace. Um, you got that going. Uh, Lauren Jackson, you know, she retired at the beginning of the season from the Seattle Storm at her retirement um, ceremony. So we're going to play her speech from that. Uh, just a, a little quick, you know, we're going to take a quick look at the standings, see where everybody is because we're heading into the Olympic break. And I, I'm always worried about this because you see the players that are going. These are all the top players from each team. Aren't they going to come back tired and beat up when you come back from the Olympics? There's already enough concerns going on in Rio. But now you're sending your best players out there to play and then come back and finish the regular season. Yeah. I just feel weird about that with the WNBA. I wish it was a way they could have fixed that so that it's like, you know what? Maybe I could be wrong. Should the season continue without the best players there? No. You don't I mean, think it continues? You have these big names and they're, they're bringing in these the tickets you know they're bringing in the fans to the arena and they are like you know a huge piece of the puzzle to their teams also i feel like them coming back and playing if they do come back from this olympic break and play at the same level which they had before because this isn't the first time they're taking a break from their season to you know play in the olympics it happens every four years it's going to show their strength as an athlete and their you know consistency and their resilience so i think you know this is a good thing you know i hope it keeps people wondering oh what are we going to see from these teams now when they're coming back with the playoffs being you know a month away or so right so we'll definitely get into that and just see what what's really needed because at the end of the day this is a lot of work um 
I don't know. I, I always feel weird about that with the WNBA, but you have to do it because it's in the middle of the season. You can't, you can't change that. They play in the summer. Right. Which is something, would they even consider moving to the fall? The, I'm not saying battle with the NBA, but I guess it would be impossible to, to do it with the arenas. When it comes to, like, money, yeah, that's, like, a big no. There's big no? There's no way, mm. like, they're going to be able to fund that or even... It's not even... I'm pretty sure they could fund it, but would they want to risk, like, you know, using that amount of money for some for a league like this yeah. in the fall when you know you have NFL which is a huge thing very it's true very huge in America like like non-sports fans could watch the NFL you know what I mean I feel like there's more non-sports fans who watch the NFL than like the NBA and then you have you know preseason that quickly comes upon us and fall starts like in October right or whatever so it's it's definitely like a no-no like unfortunately they won't be able to battle with those with those two other franchises right and it's gonna be a um it's it's interesting because obviously they're still losing the baseball in the ratings. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not a baseball fan, there's still a lot of people watching. And with that being said, you know, just like a, a quick update, obviously with the Yankees and the Mets. Yankees got a big win last night against the Red Sox just to keep whatever hope they have alive. I'm just hoping the Yankees sell and start trading players. That's all I hope for. This whole being 500, being a game below 500, what's the point if you're not going to make the playoffs? I, I don't get it. Uh, the Mets, obviously, DeGrom had a dominant performance and I know so many Mets fans on Twitter. Whenever something good happens with the Mets, it's like Christmas. I, I just don't. I get it. Okay, Mets fans, enjoy it. But it's not like, you know, you got to act like you've been there before a little bit. You guys were in the World Series last year. This isn't like, oh, my God, you know, you guys can't get excited over every little thing. This is a bitter Yankee fan talking because you guys have a better team now. That's the reason I'm saying this. So talk a little baseball as well and some boxing. Uh, yeah, the... The uh, PBC again, that's the Premier Boxing Championships this past weekend. And uh, Deontay Wilder, obviously the heavyweight champion, suffered some injuries in his uh, in his fight. So we're going to hear a little bit from his post-fight interview. And just what, you know, what the plan is for the whole heavyweight division. I mean, he seems like the main guy. Of course, there's the whole like Tyson Fury thing. You know, is he really a contender? And the other big news, Manny Pacquiao saying that he will come back and fight this fall. The opponent, however, has not been determined. But a lot of people are saying it could be Adrian Broner. Wow, that would be interesting to see. And you know Adrian Broner pretty well. You don't even have to be a boxing fan to know who Adrian Broner is, sadly. Messy, messy guy. Yeah, so he's uh, he seems to be the top guy that people would think to fight. Broner hasn't fought anybody, really. And the last time he's fought someone, he got knocked out. So... <laughs> That's, let's put it in perspective, okay? So we'll see if Broner's up to the game and if he wants to take on Pacquiao. Pacquiao's all, he's like 37 years old. He's not a young guy. Yeah. So he keeps coming out of retirement. And and that's my little my little pet peeve with boxers. You never really retire. You never do. I mean, if they had to Holyfield retired seven times. <laughs> it's like you, they use that word so loosely. Yeah, it just it doesn't matter. Like, I've never seen, and I bring up Evander Holyfield because I've never seen a guy First time around, retired in his prime, saying, oh, I just don't have the desire to fight anymore because Tyson's in jail. Then the second time he retired, oh, health reasons, you know, my heart isn't good. Then he came back again, and he won the title. And the third time, he's like, you know, I'm getting older. I don't want, I don't want to fight no more. Then he came back again. Like, what's the point? It just Right, exactly. Stop saying you're going to retire. You know, Jordan is obviously the other guy that everybody, you know, compares to. And Brett Favre, about not knowing when to walk away. Boxing is a different sport. In terms of, you're a fighter. You have a fighter's mentality. Can you imagine, and like we're not fighters, me and you, we're not fighters, right? But can you imagine living your entire life training, 
you know, fighting people, making millions of dollars for just fighting. It didn't have to one day just stop and be a regular person. It's it's weird. And then you have, you know, what do you do? Sit at home, hear all these announcements of these matchups happening yeah. and all these events. And you're just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. I'm just going to go, like, walk the dog tomorrow morning. Like, exactly. you know, like, it's, it's weird. It's, it's definitely weird. That's why you see, like... Speaking of retirement, you see these players get emotional about, like, speaking about, like, Peyton Manning's, like, retirement speech, and he was crying. Very like, sad. I, you know, I can't, it's like, you can't believe you're leaving. This is all you, like, worked all you up know. to be. All you know. Yeah. Like, and then you're just taking a step away from it and seeing other people continue to chase their dreams. Like, when you're an athlete, it's something you always, like, I cheerleaded for eight years, not that long, but it's still, like, when I see, like, other cheerleaders or, like, you know, competitions, like, it, you miss it so much. You're like, wow, that right. used to be me, but now it's over. Unfortunately, I didn't get paid billions or millions of dollars for doing it. But, Fair. You know, especially if that's your source of income. Like, it's your life. It's crazy. That's real. That's real. So you miss you miss chilling like that. You would just you know. I miss I miss like performing. I don't miss like the conditioning and you know mm. getting hit in the face and stuff. Wait wait wait, wait 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 what? <laughs> wait talk about talk about talk about. Wait 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 wait. They're getting hit in the face. Wait, well what? like you know it's you know cheerleading is like the most dangerous sport out there. So, I didn't know this. Yeah. So really? it's like we you know if you're not familiar with cheerleading you know we throw quote unquote throw girls up in the air and do all these tricks. So I've it's seen like, that. Yeah. And the process of doing those stunts when you have somebody you know. A, a couple are several feet above you and you know all these transitions and stuff you there's times where you get injured kicked in the face one time i got my lip busted you know you got to take one for the team literally y'all be just taking y'all be fighting for real i mean my god <laughs> stop fighting <laughs> this is like this is, sounds more like boxing to me you talk about you're not taking it to the face we get kicked and stuff and yeah geez like you gotta say it's a contact sport we didn't know this we didn't know it was on the same along the same lines of football we didn't know this it's very but intense yeah okay you know I'm, I can't wait for the movie concussion to come out in regards to um, cheerleaders it's gonna <laughs> right? be that's gonna be real tell the truth for real you know so uh, <laughs> we'll definitely see with that um if you have any thoughts on you know cheerleading or just anything we're talking about today, five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. I did not expect that. That's great. That's so funny. You put a whole different perspective on bring it on because that's the way I learned about cheerleading. And I thought it was you know like the movie. Just just thought spirit whatever. Um, yeah. So with that being said, you're listening to Sports Social Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Love and happiness. Something that can make you do wrong, make you do right. Yeah. Love. <laughs> Wait a minute, something's going wrong Someone's on the phone Three o'clock in the morning Talking about How she can make it right Happiness is when You really feel good about somebody
I didn't write anything. Um, I didn't know I was going to get emotional. I didn't know Sue would start crying. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have so much to say to all of you guys. Um, just thank you. Um, <laughs> love you too. Uh, uh, this, this is a very special night, obviously, maybe one of the most special nights of my career, but um, I wasn't sure I was ever going to get back here and, and having the opportunity to come back and retire here is probably the most important thing I've done. Um, it's been hard four years, obviously, <laughs> the body breaking down, but it was bound to happen sooner or later, so I hope your mind does go first, buddy. Enjoy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 
you know, being, also being here in front of Ab and Jenna um, and, and the Australian contingent is also important, um, obviously for nationalistic reasons. Um, but I love you guys, so um, I don't know what else to say. Honestly, I'm just completely overwhelmed with emotion. I love Seattle. Um, I didn't realise how much I missed it until I got back yesterday and I couldn't control myself. I did, I did grow up here in Seattle and, um, you know, I was a shitty little teenager when I got here. Um, but the relationships that I've developed with people, um, you know, Karen, owners, with everybody here um, over the last sort of 15, 16 years, well, 12 years, but, you know, whatever. Um, they've become some of the most important in my life and most memorable as well. And I think, um, I just want to thank you for sticking with me. And I know there's been highs and lows and everything, but gosh, you know, we would never have got to where we are without them. So, um, don't know what else to say. What else should I say? <laughs> what else? My agent's over there. What should I say? <laughs> oh, like I just, again, I want to thank Seattle, Force 10, the, the, the ownership group, um, Alicia, everyone for bringing me over. I, um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, I do, I love you guys too. Um, and then, you know, the young kids here, the, the new, the new crop, um, I'm sure you're going to take this team to some pretty amazing places. Um, and it was awesome to watch you guys tonight. So it was a great win. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much and thank you for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, a legend, Laura Jackson. Thank you for coming. Good night and let's pack this place Sunday just like this. So that was Lauren Jackson's retirement ceremony, little bits and pieces of her speech. Um, obviously, she's one of the greatest players to ever play in the WNBA. I think she was on the, 20, um, for the last 20 years list. And uh, it's funny because, obviously, she's not from, I think she's from Australia. Yeah. Is that where she's from? You know, um, what she did in her time at the WNBA, obviously, it was, it was impactful not just for women, but obviously for Seattle for a city that had the Supersonics just taken from them. A city that I feel like supported their NBA team when they had them better than most teams. Still had their teams taken from them because, obviously, because of money reasons, make more money in Oklahoma City, etc. I thought it was great for her impact on not just the WNBA, but for Seattle sports. Because, you know, the Storm is still a very relevant team. Yes, they're not as good as they used to be. But they're very relevant in the WNBA. So it's it's that type of importance that I, I think she was important with. Obviously, Sue Bird as well. Yeah. And they had Brianna Stewart there to help continue that trend up. So it's a um, it was a very, uh, I thought it was a, a pretty good speech. Her, her whole reaction was just like she didn't know what to say. She was very shy. Yeah. You know, you could tell it was like, oh, okay, I got to say something here. But uh, definitely uh, well-deserving. And, you know, you, you hope to see uh, 
you hope to see like more building with that, more great players coming from Seattle if it's not just Brianna Stewart, and, and hopefully they keep the team there. Yeah. Because I think that's always the big worry, you know? And in general, with just the WNBA, you hope to see more players who can make an impact on the league. It's like, okay, we only have 12 teams here compared to the, you know, NBA that has so much teams, you know? And there's so, there's multiple, top, like, stars on these teams. In the WNBA, you don't find that. And that's why I feel like it's hard to get that coverage. Like, it's like each team may have one or two stars or even just one. And right. so it's the the leagues aren't the league isn't getting those attention because there's not a lot of stars on the team, great players, but not a lot of stars who you know, fill up the stat sheet consistently on a night to night basis. And it's like, you know, they get drafted and then you don't really hear about them. Sometimes you hear about like the the first like the top three, and then that's it. You know, and it's hard to follow them in a you know year by year. Like, Drew Lloyd's another great player. And she was drafted um, number round, the first round pick last year, and you don't really hear much about her. Last year she was rookie of the year last season, but after that's all you hear. Like you know, okay, rookie of the year. What else have you heard about her? So it's hard to find these players whose names kind of stick with the you, fans. Yeah, it has to be a pop out player. That's really what it comes down to. You know, you want to see, you just want to see that growth in terms of the players actually making that big impact on the league, get people watching. And, you know, it's always debatable, like, for a player, for example, Skylar Diggins, right? Yeah. She's a good player. Very good player. Let's never take that away from her. Right. Obviously, she gets attention for different things because, you know, she's she's a very pretty girl. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff. And I get that. But you want to see more of the Lauren Jackson types. You want to see them out there, like, you know, dominating. And, and it's, it's killing me now because I can't remember her name. But for for the late, I'm um, not the Lakers, the Sparks, they're a player now. What is her name? Um, uh, Candace Parker? No, 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 not Candace Parker. Um, uh, Neca, she's, uh, yes, yes, her. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I can't Ray. pronounce it. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Know about, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> she is good. Right. Oh, yes. man, I saw her. She is really good. She's a double-double machine. I think it's Neka Agumage. Agumage, yeah. She is really good. Right, yeah. And I think she's from, I forgot what part of Africa, but, man, she is good, but she's not a household name yet. Exactly, yet, you know? exactly. She's definitely on the rise. You hear a lot about her this season, which is great. But that's the thing. It's like, is it just going to be this season or is yeah. it going to be, like, for the next 10 years? Oh, if, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's a gamble with these players. So it's hard, like I said, for the fans to stick. Like, me, I covered the Liberty all last year, and I haven't really done so this year just because of, you know, time constraints and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But when I first attended the game, I was like, who are these? Like, I knew who the players were, but the right. team was so different. So it's like, it's hard to make that connection to a team because you at least have, like, a few players. You're like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to watch them. You know right, what I mean? Right. That's what makes a team. So we were like, oh, you know, you can't like a team just because of people that are there. But that's what makes a team. You're, that's <laughs> it why does. You, that it why really you, does. That's why you become a fan of the fan of the team because they're players. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you don't have that same starting five that you had last season, it's like you have one out of that la- last season starting five and those players who, you know, made an impact on the team's right. you know, record. Then what is the team that you know? It's not. It's no longer your team. It's it's about consistency. That's how you build a love for the Liberty, the Lynx, the Sparks, or whoever. Mm-hmm. But if you have that change all the time, or that you have players not there for the first few games because they have other obligations, and then coming back midseason, it's it's a hard thing to follow. Yeah, you know, it's very hard, and it's just marketing. How do you market players that 
not really just inconsistent, but they just don't have that presence, you know? Right, exactly. And it goes back to, like, who's their PR team? Who, yeah. you know, who is working on them becoming this, you know, person that people love? Because that's what, they're entertainers at the end of the day. You have to build a fan base. There has to be a reason why we love you other than mm-hmm. just, unfortunately, the players, I just want to go out and play. That's what they want to do. I, I'm not here to be anybody's, you know. And you get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but eventually it's like, for, you know, the league you play for, you have to kind of have some type of, extraness like personality have a story like don't build a story but like s- speak your story more because everybody has a story when we do hear about these WWE players it's like wow we would have never known that so yeah. it's like their PR team the people behind them need to like push them forward that's why it's good that a lot of like last year the Players Tribune mm-hmm. kind of you know you know did something with the Liberty where the they Liberty were, like the whole season they exactly, kind of followed them yeah, yeah it was like a little you know documentary mm-hmm. on them just, you know, with them writing articles and telling their stories. And there's so much I learned about Sugar Rogers, yeah. you know, Swin Cash. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of people we heard about through that through that um, Player Tribune. And we need more stuff like that to hear from the players because nobody's going to really push them to tell their stories. You know, right. so it's, it's nice to hear their stories because kind of, you know, connects you with them. No, it's 100% correct. And I, I look at, you know, just what the future is for the WNBA and, and the needed adjustments for that. Like, for example, the season is underway. Yeah. And um, the best team right now are the L.A. Sparks. And what's their record again for their um, one loss? Their records are, is 20-2. and 20-2? and two? Nah, Oh, they did yeah. take them. So they did get a second loss. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Minnesota Lynx are uh, behind them, obviously. What's yeah. their record now? 19-4, and four, the Minnesota Lynx. And then it's the Mercury, who's kind of far behind, 10-13. and 13, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy how it goes to that <laughs> drop. like 20-19-10. Because Phoenix, I realize, is not as good as they've been in the past, which I'm a little yeah, surprised with Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. Mm-hmm. That's who I was actually thinking was going to really be holding things down with them, too, in that lineup. But yeah. they seem to be having an issue. And that's the thing. It's only two players that are like, okay, we have these two players that are going to click. But what about the other team? They're, we don't know about the other team. And then we have the Liberty holding it down in the Eastern Conference with 17-7. So they're pretty much up there. But the Liberty has been a team that's been growing, and they do have the, you know. They have a foundation. Exactly. Right. And they have they have big names, too. Swin Cash, Tina Charles, Sugar mm-hmm. Rogers, Shawnee Schimmel. You yeah. know, Amanda Zuhuibi, who was, you know, drafted number two last year. And they got uh, some pretty good players. Um, uh, What's her name? Uh, Brittany Boyd. Brittany Boyd, yeah. yeah she's, she's young, great. yeah. She's, she's a young bull, and that's, mm-hmm. like, things that they have. So the Liberty have that security, and they, they kind of are another team that was consistent from last season because they were also the best in the Eastern Conference last season. Right. So. They, and also, they have a very good coach in um, Bill Lambia. Yeah, exactly. He's a really good the, coach. He was coach of the year last year, and yeah. he completely deserved it for the way he transitioned that team, you know? It, it's always interesting to me because I remember Bill Lambier as the player that he was with the Detroit Pistons, yeah, the bad, bad boys. Boy. Exactly. He was, you know, he was that type of guy. But the patience and, and just how he teaches the game when he works with the different women that come up, most guys can't do it, exactly. especially for a guy. And you know what's funny? He couldn't coach men. Mm-hmm. He was. He found it easier to coach women, which I, I you know, usually is the opposite. Is the other did way he, around. He coach, did he coach in Detroit? I don't think so. I don't think he coached with the Pistons. He coached the Detroit Shock. Shocks, yeah. He did that. But uh, he's... I don't know. He's found a, a place with coaching in the WNBA, and he's got to be one of the best coaches yeah, in WNBA he history. Has, he has some championships under his belt as a WNBA coach, which is great. And, I mean, just seeing... He's the GM also, I believe. He does both. He's the oh, GM yeah, okay. and he's the coach, yeah. Which is great, though, is that, you you know, I've seen his, con- you know, connection with the team and how he coaches them. Like, it's, it's very good. And, like, how he just, you know, carries himself through wins and losses. And, you know, mm-hmm. he always has, like, his mind is always in the game, you know. Always. Not a sore loser, not blaming anything. And that's what you, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say that about WNBA coaches. They aren't sore losers. No. Like, you see that a lot in the NBA, you know, sorry yeah. to the NBA coaches, but you see that they blame <laughs> it on a lot. They blame it on the refs. They blame it, you know. Yeah. But you don't see that in the WNBA. Obviously, it's a different type of ball game being played, but the competitiveness is still there, but, like, 
and post-game interviews, you see after a loss, if their team did horrible, of course they let those frustrations out in the locker room, but they don't bring that to no. the press conferences. No. You know, and that's why that's another reason why the WNBA probably doesn't get as much attention as they do because the coaches carry Just, themselves very Because there's not the anime. You don't see fights. That's and why I think a lot of people. you soap about it. Yeah, that's you, really why. We did have that little episode with Glory Johnson and Brittany Griner. That was kind of That was slight, weird. That was weird, <laughs> and that drew a lot of eyes to WNBA, but in a negative light. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's... That's something that the WMA doesn't have, so that's probably why it doesn't have as much viewers. You know, right. during the whole finals thing, we were tuning in to see what Draymond Green was going to do next. Who was he going to kick in the nuts next? You know, like that's what people wanted well, to know. I don't know if I was watching for that, but, <laughs> but um, <I'm> saying, like, <laughs> that's where the spectacle yeah. was. Like, like I said, non-sports fans were tuning in to see if Steph Curry was going to get MVP again for a next another season. What did Warriors going to be able to break the record? You know what right, I mean? Right. So it's like if I could have these conversations with my sisters, then you know that you know there's. There's those non-sports fans, you know, in these mm-hmm. games for a reason because there's a storyline. The WNBA doesn't have that many storylines. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that it, it, we need drama to fuel a lot of things. Let's be honest. The most drama-filled league of all time is the NFL. Let's, let's be real. It is. The NFL is a soap opera every single week. Even when they're not in season, they're a soap opera. It's, it's, it's bad soap opera, though. <laughs> it it's really about somebody is. killing themselves, somebody getting yeah. shot, somebody beating their the wife. The Playgate. Yeah, exactly. You know, you that was a long-going soap opera. Like, you know... Tom Brady, he's not suspended. Now he is suspended. Nope, he's not going to play four games. He's thrown in the towel. He doesn't want the legal. Like, you know, it's always craziness. And it's like, I get, every time I get an ESPN update about the NFL, it's something like, I'm like, who who mm-hmm. shot who? Mm-hmm. You know, who who's in trouble? Who's, well, who's suspended? The, the joke was, and we played this last week. We were talking about John Cena host, um, hosting, and he made a comparison between the WWE and the NFL, having yeah. an owner that's, you know, running. Th- that's really how it is. That's what makes it so funny because there's never been a week where they haven't talked about some off the field incident or something that causes drama leading up to a game right exactly there's always some type of drama like even stuff that happened last year like you know oh wow josh norman's on the redskins that means he has to play the giants twice which means him and beckham are gonna be going against each other twice a year yeah now that's gonna be hyped up once the giants play the redskins yeah exactly you know and that's just one example and that is of many I'm looking forward to though because <laughs> I gotta admit that I remember that game. You remember it though, but I remember it, it vividly, and it was just like, sheesh. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Like you remember that? I remember also in the um the playoffs, Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, and the Bengals started doing all these personal fouls and gave Pittsburgh the, the win. Oh, they no, got to play know. each other. They got to play each other twice next year. So that's going to be some drama that's, leading up. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But it's good. Come on, man. It's, it's good drama. Is I, it good and drama? I'll pick NFL drama over <laughs> NBA drama. But nah, I, don't I don't know. know. NFL I don't drama know. is good because it's a very aggressive sport. So we have they hate. Everyone hates the the guy that runs the league. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But I mean, it's just like when you have these aggr- like aggressive situations and it's like, yo, what's going to go on? Like, it, it makes, the, oh man, it makes the game so much better. <laughs> I, like, it, I'm so excited for this. NBA, it's like, oh, whatever, I don't care. But I mean, I guess because I like the NFL better. I love, I mean, not NFL, but just football better. But Well, here's, how about this? This is actually a quick transition. I do want to say it's one thing about the NFL. I don't know if you saw, they did, you know, obviously the top 100 list. You saw who was number one? No, I haven't seen them. I I just remember Odell Beckham. I don't want to say explicit, but you know, crying about his position. But I never <laughs> got the chance to see who got number one. Number one, I I do believe was uh Mr. Cam Newton. Oh, okay. Now, are you okay with that? Because I'm not. You know. You know what I think probably diminished his number one spot. His sore loser. Um, it, you, you know, d- after that press conference, it's so funny because I thought about. When it happened, I was like, oh, whatever, he's upset. Let him be upset. He doesn't need to do his press. But then I look back at it, and I look, I look like, I compare it to 
you know, the Warriors press conferences after the NBA Finals loss, and it's just like he could have conducted himself way better. You way know? better. I just felt way like he better. was out there. It was just so extra. And don't get me wrong, he's a talented player, very talented. But he also has his flaws. I don't think he's as accurate as a passer as he should be for a quarterback. And I would be like this against any quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He got away with it because he has he had a number one defense on his side. That defense for Carolina, scary. True. Luke Keekley is in the top ten also. And we've seen that we've seen how that crumbled in the at the Super Bowl. You but know? The, the defense really didn't crumble. They got no offensive. No, I'm support. saying him. I'm saying oh. Cam Newton's yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. Like we've seen how his, you know, shine kind of crumbled under pressure. Yeah. And how bad of a performance he did. But that's what happens when when you're good, everybody loves you. But when you're bad, when you have an off game or you don't that's when people start picking out your flaws like, uh, oh, but wait, he wasn't really good. Remember that one time when he did, you know, throw those interceptions when he that's what happened. So mm-hmm. I don't want to diminish how good of a talent he is but like you said he did have a good defense that kind of made his performance a little bit more you know extra it seemed better than it probably was but you can't fault him for that you know he was popular obviously because of the dab yeah i give it give him 100 credit with it you know he's retired it but but season wise what him and the carolina panthers did the qb is always going to be the star oh yeah that's just how it's going to work so that's none of his fault and when he did when he was supposed to you know go out there and show out he did Right. He really did. Like, you know, before they got to Super Bowl, his performance in those games were was good for what it was. It carried his team to where they where they ended up in the Super Bowl. So I don't – I can't say he wasn't deserving of that number one spot. The only reason why I feel like, uh, was just because of how he conducted himself. But that just shows that he's not mature enough. He has a lot of growing to do as a QB. But, as a QB, like I said, you're the star of the team, so you need to portray yourself a little bit better. But if you go into numbers, then – I guess that changes things a little bit. Who do you think should be number one? You know what? I was still kind of like back and forth for who I think should be number one. I thought you got to give a lot of love to Antonio Brown. Okay. That guy, you know, he was such a beast at wide receiver. And yeah. then you got to put like Tom Brady up there as well. I always say Tom Brady just because everybody in the world is against Tom Brady. I'm not even a Tom Brady fan. But everybody in the world hates you at one point, And you still go He's out still there yeah. and beat everyone. Right. You know what I'm saying? He go out there every year. That's the sweetest revenge. It's like what what more can you ask for? I, I thought he was amazing, you know? But um it it is what it is, you know. I, I can't really go with how they make the list. Everybody has their preferences. Exactly. I can't really I thought Beckham should have been higher than ten, but that's my opinion. Gronk also should have been higher. Where did Gronk fall? I think he was like nine or something oh, wow, like that. Okay. Yeah, he was kind of low. I didn't, I didn't like that. And that, and then it goes back to like who's making these lists? Who? What are their thoughts? What are they judging by? You know, it gets deeper. So it's like everybody has their opinion. You can look at, you can look at the stat sheets. You can look at their performance. But then, yeah, it's like you can't get too emotional about these lists because everybody has their list. Every media outlet's gonna make their list, but it doesn't mean it's accurate. It's just ju- based off of people's, you know, opinions on your performance. You can't. If you base it on facts, like cold facts, that's it. Mm-hmm. Just the numbers, the list will be completely different. You know, you're right. It will take a lot more. It'll take a lot more time creating this list if you went, you know, specifically off of their numbers from this season alone. Yeah, you're definitely right. Now I gotta ask you before we go to break. Did you watch any movies this weekend or? Movies? Not sure. I don't. I can't. Re- I always do this. I can't remember my weekends. <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? That, so that probably means no. That could be. That could be a good thing. You don't remember your weekend. That means you had a pretty good weekend. <laughs> but um, Ghostbusters, the uh, uh, remake came out. You this know what? Weekend. I did last week. I watched The Secret Life of Pets. There, I just remember. I took my niece well, to watch that. The other <laughs> reason why Ghostbusters opened up at number two, Secret Life of, of Secret Life of Pets came in number one again yeah. for the second straight week. But they opened up at number two with forty something million, which is actually pretty good. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, 
all-female cast. I didn't see it, but I heard a lot of people said that it was really good. Better than the, the commercials, because the commercials made it look like trash. Yeah, it made it, that's the thing. It came off so cheesy as the commercials. I don't know who was in charge of that, but <laughs> they should, you know, get some talking to do. But it came off very cheesy. I'm not a Ghostbuster fan. I'm actually not a movie fan. What? So I don't know if I'm going to tune in. <laughs> I remember the whole book series, like, in school, and just ignoring, like, I'm there not There was a book look. series? Wasn't there, wasn't Ghostbusters, like, a book? You think of Goosebumps. Goosebumps? Oh, you see, you see, that shows, that says enough. Well, that says enough. I have no clue what's going on here. Just, a, <laughs> just as a reference, then I'm going to play this old school song. This is actually the original Ghostbusters theme song from 1984. I, I remember this now. I remember this. As we go to break, you're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. Gray area is up next. Yay. <laughs> I think 
for those of you who don't watch basketball. In the middle of the finals, Aisha Carey, a wife of uh, Steph Carey, said that uh, it's rigged. Right. Yeah. Uh, and a whole lot of people, both in the NBA, on the court, in the bleachers, right. and in the truck stop, right. uh, had an opinion about it. Right. Uh, what did you all think as wives? I personally uh, didn't like her tweet. Um, I don't know Aisha Curry. I feel like that job that her husband has supports a whole lot of people, you know, um, including her family, his family, or whatever. Your, your husband goes to do a job, and to say his job is rigged is sacrificing a whole lot of folks and their <laughs> livelihood. You know, um, I don't believe in she's a woman, she's a wife, be quiet and sit at home. I don't believe in that. I feel like she should express her opinion, just maybe be smarter about it. Um, was it rigged when your husband was winning or was it just rigged when he was losing? Because the, the tweet only came when he lost. So I just want to know, was it rigged? In the game? I don't think I better answer this. <laughs> It is the gray area, guys. And we are going to get into Basketball Wives. Yes, the show and actual Basketball Wives are, as we can say, basketball exes. So that was Shawnee O'Neal's opinion on the whole Aisha Curry tweet. We spoke about this before here. And, and you know, my opinions about it have already been expressed. So I'm not going to get into that. But I do agree with this. I do, I do agree with Shawnee. But... Shawnee O'Neal, she is amazing for what she did with Basketball Wives, I have to say. Oh, like, uh, yeah, she made a whole, like, empire from it. Huge right. empire. I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I love to hear about them as females and what they do. You know, being married to these men with these big names and just the controversy that surrounds them as well when it comes to relationships. Because there's a difference between, like, the basketball player and then the player, you know? There's a huge difference about like, with them. And Shawnee O'Neal kind of put their player, you know, side on display. Because when she made Basketball Wives, she was Shaquille O'Neal's ex. They weren't, they weren't married at the time. So it also just followed with a lot of ex-wives. So that's why I'm confused about how, like, you know, it was like, was it a show to uplift these women? Or was it a show to kind of downplay their ex-husbands or current husbands? And throughout the show, we witnessed a lot of breakups. A lot of breakups. Like Jennifer Williams... Her her divorce. Yeah, Eric Williams, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Her divorce with Eric Williams. Who else? A lot of... And then there was, like, a couple overseas player wives on there. Their divorce as well. Brandy Maxwell is on the show. She's talking about being separated from her husband, Malaysia Pargo. She got separated from her husband as well. I can't remember all their husband's names because there's been, like, so many. Um, and then we also had, like, you know, the quote-unquote groupies on the, on the show as well, like Dre and Michelle. She kind of started that whole groupie, <laughs> you know... Subject. You but. know what? I can't. You know, it's funny. I think we can't say groupie just because she has messed with different. You that's know. that's I mean. why I feel so weird calling her groupie. <laughs> but that's kind of what it was, though. That's kind of how she was. And I she think she was, was introduced as such. Exactly. She was introduced as such, and she got the shade as such as well. Yeah. But it was. It's real life. What's going on behind closed doors with these basketball wives relationships? But Shawnee O'Neal is brilliant for the idea she came up with because we do as as a female. I want to know what's going on behind closed doors with in these relationships you know everything seems like love and light you know when it's on social media sometimes and you know they're perfect weddings you know them sitting at the games with like other basketball wives we're in the crew so it's like is this a real connection that they have because on the show they're all you know 
throwing knives at each other, throwing shoes literally at each other, going across tables ready to kill each other. And then Shawnee O'Neal kind of introduced the show as a sisterhood. But we don't see that. We see it as cliques, just like what you will see in high school. So I have mixed feelings about it. One thing I will get into is actually the position of the wives. So what we see is them trying to save their marriages a lot. Right. You know, on a Allegedly show, they're trying to exactly. save their marriages. Exactly. Yeah. A show premiered last night. The show premiered for the season last night. And we've seen Brandy Maxwell kind of talking about her separation from her husband. Right. And just basically saying how, like, she she can't take it anymore. She can't be cheated on anymore. And then we have Malaysia, who's her best friend, saying, like, you're silly for, you know, separating from your husband. You should try and work things out. So we have those two sides. We have these female... I, I feel so weird. I'm sorry, cut you I No, go so ahead. Weird. I feel weird only because Malaysia left her husband, right? Yeah. So, she divorced her husband for those same reasons. That's what I'm saying. So I couldn't understand that part. I saw the episode, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It just, I, I didn't understand. what I don't understand Malaysia, period. I just, she's always back she's and forth. She's probably just that. being bitter and just being like, you know, it's probably taking the light like, oh, I wish I was still with my husband. I feel we could have worked things out. And that side I do get. I do get, you know, till death do us part. Because that's what you say when you do your vows. You know when you get married to somebody, you're going to, you know, even when you have a boyfriend situations happen like a boyfriend is just like the you know preliminary round to a marriage so it's like when you get married to these people you know what they're about you know how you guys met you guys probably met in parties where there's a bunch of females and you just so happen to be a lucky girl unless you guys met in high school before the fame and you do see those relationships but you kind of know what you're getting into so sometimes that's why you i you know kind of Give Brandy props for saying, you know, I'm going to separate. We're going to see what it's like to have this space and if that's something you have to do. Because as a female, you have to do that for yourself. Right. You have to separate yourself from being just their wife and them thinking that, oh, I'm going to go on these road trips. I'm going to do what I want and live my life freely, but I'm going to come back to my wife and she's going to hold down the fort. That can't always happen. But on the other side, I do understand, you know, trying to work through your marriage. Because, like, I think about my parents, like, that's all I know, them being married to each other. You know, they've been married since I was born. And... Do they get along and do they not get along sometimes? Of course. They, they don't sleep in the same room, but they. my mom is Mrs. Gray. That's it. At, till, you know, and she plans to keep it that way till she, she dies. She's working through her her issues if they do. Because that's what happens in relationships. You have issues. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. So I do give props to these wives who try to hold down their marriages, especially when children are evol- involved. But then we have the other side, the groupies. Oh, yeah. Who do anything and everything to break up a happy home. And that's what I don't understand. I you mean, know, this, the side chick life, I can't, I can't, like... And I know people say, well, the men, you know, it's the men. They should act like husbands, but... There's temptation no, also. There's it's... temptation, and knowing men, as a female, I know who, who men are. Men fall into temptation so much. So as a female, why are you why are you feeding into that? Why do you want to be the side chick? Why do you want to be the groupie? Why do you want to break up a happy home? Most of these females know who these men are. They know. They probably know their social security number before they approach them at parties. You know. Can I take a shot at something real quick? Real quick. Go ahead. Now, here's my thing. When you have, um, you hear all about these women, these side chicks, and all their, you know, different things that they're trying to do to get with these guys. Yes, it is a temptation for men, but not every man is weak. You know, you gotta look at some of the things that when you talk about relationships, when you're with somebody, you're married to them. There has to be some type of agreement. There's gotta be some type of compromise. And I always say this, and I'm really a big fan on this, whether it's you're an athlete or whoever you are. If you're going to marry somebody, male or female, make sure that's your best friend. 
Yeah. That has to be your best friend. Because I feel like I see so many times where you hear like, oh, man, I can't be with that person because we're like best friends. Or I can't be with this person because, oh, it has to be just an automatic lust. People people fall for lust thinking it's love. Yeah. You need to have the whole package. You need mm-hmm. to see. It, it's not easy to find that. Trust me. Right. But like you said, things are not perfect. You got to stick with what attracts you to this person outside of the lust. Exactly. Because that's what keeps a relationship strong. Exactly. And it's just also, though, but I have to take it from the females who are, you know, kind of ruining these marriages. Like, okay, if a man is strong and he has his weak moment and you go you go in the situation, you shouldn't be sleeping with the married man. That's it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what the principle is. I don't care if he told you that he loves you. You shouldn't. Initially going in, you know, there's some situations that people don't know the man is married, whatever. But when it comes to NBA players, we we usually know who their wives are. Oh, yeah. They're at the games. We know, we know who they are. So as these females who come in and, you know, still attend the games, like, yeah, I don't care. I'm still sleeping with him, but his wife is down there. I don't care. How do you feel better? How do you feel better? Especially if she's there with their children. They, some of these females feel like they have an upper hand because, oh, whatever, he's cheating on his wife with me. I'm that girl. He's still buying me stuff. Why do you want that? Why do you want to be the other woman? Why do you want to be cast in anybody else's shadow? That I don't understand. But driving away from the whole groupie situation, there's wives who have had successful marriages like Jackie Christie and Doug Christie. They have a pretty good marriage. Which is interesting to me. You know why? And and this is my opinion. Because Jackie's crazy? Jackie's crazy. <laughs> Jackie's crazy. That's that's it's look. It is what it is. But he's okay with her crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. You gotta find people that understand each other's crazy. Exactly. You gotta realize now. Like you said, no one's gonna be perfect. Jackie, no other guy probably wanna mess with her, right? Wanna deal with her. Yeah, exactly. But for him, it's right for him. Exactly, because you see, he's a very chill guy, and yeah. he just knows he's like. All right, my wife is a little crazy, but I love her. Yeah. And they've been riding with that. She, If she got to be up in the locker room, she's going to be in the locker room after the game. Exactly. If she got to go to Rio, like she's talking about, oh, if he gets this coaching job, I'm going with him. My plans are on hold. And that's how that's the position she take took as a wife. Their children are grown. There's no other. So she's not going to sit back and play as independent. Mm-hmm. She, you know, knows that her and her man are a unit. And if he's okay with taking her everywhere he has to go, then that says a lot. We don't see relationships like that. And that's a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, she's crazy, but you got to respect it. You know what I mean? And she's like, I don't, she said straight up, I don't want my husband to cheat on me. That's why I'm going with him. Like, you know, I can't be, you know, keeping him in a position to be, you know, sexually frustrated and make a wrong decision and cheat, cheat on somebody. That's I'm going there because she knows what he's capable of and she's owning it. Because some people are like, if you know athletes cheat, why are you dating them? You can't you can't help who you love. You can't help who you fall for. Right. You just got to kind of play it smart. Like, OK, I know my man is capable of doing this. So how am I going to how am I going to act as a female, so, as a wife? So let me let me put this in perspective, because I've watched some of the shows. I actually watched the one yesterday. This is where I look at it. Jackie Christie, as crazy as she is, is probably the best of the wives. Okay, yeah. Is that real? Is that kind of funny when you look at it? Because the rest of them, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying about being supportive of your man and being like a unit. You guys are together, right? Yeah. When you see a lot of the other women there, and, and I don't want to knock being an independent woman. I think it's very strong, and that's something that's very important. But is it because that now they have this fame? Is it because that now they want to be more independent? That these relationships are failing now? It could be that, and it also could be just the fact of them putting their business out there. Yeah. You know, they're getting paid big bucks to put their business out there. And I think that's kind of what happened with Jennifer Williams and Eric Williams. Yeah. Also the fact that she was establishing her own independence. And men, some men don't want to see that, especially when they're the breadwinner. They don't want right. to see that. They don't want their women to be, you know, with these friends who gossip. And you see that a lot. Like, men are jealous of, like, women having their friends because they're like, I don't want you hanging out with that person because they talk like that. 
you know, they talk about their men, they're messy. You've seen that also in the earlier season with um, Gloria Gavon and Matt Barnes. He was like, I don't want you hanging out with these females because all they do is talk crap and yada, yada, yada. And you see how their relationship crumbled because Gloria was busy on the show trying to act holier than thou and that her man was better than anybody. And now you see where she's at. She's she's dating Derek Fisher and Matt Barnes is no longer her, her man, you know? So it's... Mm. Men kind of like... I don't, know, I don't know about that example. That's such a tough one. Just because of the whole Derek Fisher thing. Derek Fisher's wrong from a man's perspective also. If that's your bro, that's like bro code. You don't do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about who she's dated with, but I'm just trying to yeah. show the fact that she's moved on. Like, okay. on the show, you've seen her defend her relationship so much. Like, all these girls are just haters of what me and Matt have. But at the end of the day, you were just like the others. Yeah, you never so had anything. what we see on this show a lot is them supposedly having the sisterhood but they all are dying to prove that their relationship is better. Like, right. I'm with the one who's not cheating. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's not the case. What I thought the show was for was like, here, you know, here we are, a group of women who could share something in common and we could help each other through it. Instead, if one female mentions, oh, you know, me and my relationship, we are kind of going through a rough patch. Okay, so girl A talks about how her relationship's going in a downward spiral. Then girls B and C meet for breakfast the next day and talk about <laughs> how girl A's relationship is going down spiral. And how they're related, how they're like, she's stupid. She should have stayed with him. Then girl C stalks to girl A and talks about, no, girl, you should stay with your man. You know, so it's like, it's it's petty. And that's why it's reality TV, because that's what it all, you know, goes down to. You don't right. see Vanessa Bryant on Basketball Wives, who is actually no. a profound basketball wife. She's actually Legit. a wife. She has a ring on her finger mm-hmm. and a man to prove. You know, and she also put this, this this ultimate scare in the Kobe Bryant when he was messing around. Exactly, and yeah. the thing, and also she's somebody who been in a, a, a you know a cheating scandal. She didn't go on no show to cry about it. She still stood behind her man. You know whether you whether you believe it was a good thing, whether you believe it or not, she went about it her way and she held down for and now Kobe Bryant every time he's in giving some type of speech. Who's he? Who he's paying oh, my homage wife. to? I would think my wife Vanessa. Exactly. I, he made sure he thinking exactly. of exactly. Well, so. The, well, you here's my thing. Vanessa handled it in a very how can I say this? She's the ultimate wife because she handled it in a very gangster way without trying to belittle him and throw him out. She basically said, "If we divorce, I'm taking this amount because that's what she's entitled to." Yeah. And remember, she also got like half a million dollar ring in the process. Yeah. So she made him work just to get back. So you could tell he really loves her because he had to work just to win her back. Exactly. That's how real it is. So, and that shows that she still loved him too, you know? But then you see, also like, Adrian Bosch. You don't see her on this show. You know what I mean? Some women just don't, and I'm pretty sure they were offered to be on the show. You know what I mean? And these are women who met them you know, not like through childhood, but like, you know, through, through semi of the fame and they made it work. So it's it's different ways about it's it's such a whole big like it's so uh, such a deep dive into what a basketball wife is. And has Shawnee O'Neal been able to show that in a positive light? I don't think so. What it is is basic reality TV. It's just like the Real Housewives of whoever of whatever <laughs> location. It's just they so happen to be basketball wives or basketball exes, and they're not. It's not a sisterhood like you would imagine it to be or what she claims it should be. Shawnee O'Neal is a great person, though. I think she handled her and Shaquille O'Neal's um, divorce pretty... She handled it because she knew she was going to get paid. 
And she also, she's raising all five of those kids. And speaking of which, that's when the reality show now just started also yeah, yesterday, her own. What are your thoughts on that? that? I didn't catch it, but I think it is kind of cool to see what, because she has a huge family, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm starting to believe that her and Shaquille are kind of, you know, cordial. They're kind of friendly because yeah. he had to sign off on having his children on the show. Yeah, he was okay with it, he said. Yeah, so, so it's kind of good because she's getting her money in her pocket. She's doing she's doing something for herself. She's building, you know, herself up by having these television shows. So I I will tune in next week to see what it's about, you know, see how her children are. But they seem to be doing well. Her, You know, of course, his boys are playing basketball and they're doing well. So it's cool. What's also funny is that Shaquille O'Neal once had a relationship with the reality TV star, Hoops from Flavor of Love. So hmm. I didn't agree on that relationship. It's kind of like you go from Shawnee O'Neal to this. Like, it also just shows how what's men will be men. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean what's wrong with Hoops? Say what's wrong with Hoops. Because <laughs> I, I know that was about to come out your you mouth. You know, it was... <laughs> It was on its way. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. Okay. Look, when you move on, you move on. You know, I feel like when you're... It wasn't like Shaq was saying, I'm going to marry her. And I'm pretty sure she knew the deal There was also. the idea. Yeah, they were supposed they, to Are they going to get were, married? I think they were engaged wow. at one point. That's real. He was about to wife hoops. Wow. And it that didn't work real. out. Yeah. So, it's like, it also goes out, out to show who are these men going after. We spoke about this last week with the whole Von Miller and Crystal Westbrook thing. Who are these athletes going after? You know, who do they want to be their wives and who do they want to be temporary? Because they, they see, it seems like they need to have the two. It seems like they need the two to mesh. Like, I need to have my side chick and I need to have my wife who's going to hold down for it. And it, it's just, it's stressful because it's like, it, it puts these wives in a compromising position. It's like, and it makes them feel, and look, I have so much ideas at one time I can't even speak about it. You might but as well throw them out there. <laughs> here's one thing. Let me do it one by one because I talk too fast and I have too many ideas. So one, you see these women. The majority of them are beautiful. All attractive females. Yes. So you think, we spoke about this last week with Von Miller, like, oh, they go after the attractive pretty women. Right. Some Sometimes their attractive pretty women are the day ones, but they still cheat on them. You know what I mean? Are, you know, they marry these beautiful women, and it's like, what more do you want from them? You have the looks. They seem to have a good head on their shoulders. They're, they're ride or dies. They're there for you. They're at their games. They're, they're taking care of the children. You're away on your business trips. What more do you want? Then right. they go to the side chicks, who are also beautiful. But they seem to not really have much going for themselves because they're at these parties following you and your teammates around, just trying to get some from you and hopefully be the one that you decide to pick up and, and you know, give them the world that they don't they Bring you on that red to. carpet, you know? Exactly. So yeah. it's like, it makes me think, what are these men looking for? Well, here's my thing. It's... A lot of these guys, when you're in a situation like that, you're in a high-pressure situation, you just want a stress reliever. Now, whatever beef they're going through, and a lot of times it is because you're going through something with your wife. It may not be like a fight, but it could be something where you just guys are not on the same page. You don't feel, somebody doesn't feel satisfied in whatever way. That goes back to what I'm saying, that that has to be your best friend. It has to be the person you talk to when you're going through something. That's why you see, in my opinion, a lot of those relationships that last 30, 40 years there's communication. They may not get along. They still, there may be something that will never work ever. Exactly. But they find ways to, for them to work so that they don't use, they don't lose their union. You know. Exactly. Then that's really what happens because once you're back out there, after you've been through a marriage, I say about there's a good fifty percent chance that you don't want to get married again. You exactly. kind of just want to be like whatever, you know. And that's where a lot of these situations are just end up being whatever. Most and the next definitely. time you see them get married, like um, here's an example: Ric Flair, the um, wrestler. Okay. He's got to be like almost 70. He's getting married again to a way younger woman. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Like he's older. Yeah. So it's like whatever at this point in his life, exactly. you know, yeah. what does he have to lose? He's but like, I'm old. To, I have to 
to say something about the quote, the idea that you made that them stepping out or whatever the case may be is about it being a stress reliever. So if you divorce your wife, you're not happy, divorce, go your separate ways. If you're not happy, why stay and cheat? Use it because it is a stress reliever. It's like, I don't want to be dealing with my wife. I'm going to go somewhere else. You use a stress reliever. Then when you get caught, you're stressed out even more trying to cry to your wife telling you you're going to make things work. Why do that? So, you know, the men are just as messed up as the wives. And the men put the wives in a position where they feel not confident. They feel like they need a soup around. They need to feel like you're not loyal to them. So that's where those arguments come from. Can I, can I answer that question really quick? And my reasoning is, is really simple. It's just the fact that, look, people, when a guy does that whole thing, it's kind of the old thing about have your cake and eat it too. You know, have that extra thing on the side. Like, you get, you, you, that's why it's cheating. That's 100% why the word is cheating because you want to keep her close because you know her already. Right. You're like, I need to keep her. You know what I'm saying? Like, she could still be like my best friend, but this little thing on the side, I could be having my fun. That's how some guys think. You know, I'm, I'm, Right now, for the record, on camera, I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> but I'm just saying, this is the that's the thought process. And women are the same way, too. It just doesn't get as publicized as often. Women, like, you can probably count on your fingers how many women are like that. That's mm. not, let me tell you something from a woman's perspective. I'm going to I'm gonna play basketball wife. Okay. So, I'm, I'm married to Blake Griffin. You're married okay? to Blake Griffin. That's, that's the guy you've been, you've been wanting to be married for a while with him. Yes, I'm married to Blake Griffin. We had our wedding two years ago. Okay. He cheats on me. Hmm. But this is the man I've been wanting my whole life. We, we're we here. Like, we see eye to eye. Sometimes we argue, but we're here for the most part. We want to be in each other's presence. We had an argument. He goes out and cheats. So here's two situations. One situation, he tells me he comes home crying, babe, I cheat on you. The other situation, I find out through social media, through the blogs. Hmm. In situation A, if my husband, Blake Griffin... I, so he's my husband, Blake Griffin. I know there's a possibility that he could cheat because I'm a basketball wife. He's a basketball player. I know that the situation might happen. Might happen. Mm-hmm. He comes home and tells me he cheated. Do I take him back? Do we work through it? 100%. Hmm. Like, I give a man so much props for being able to be like, I made a mistake, but I love my wife. I'm going to come home and tell her what happened. I married you. I said, death to death to us part. We're going to get through this. This is going to be my husband. I don't believe in divorcing, getting married. My last name's Griffin. That's what I'm going to die with. So I believe we're so going to... So no matter what, you're going to work this out. I'm working it out. That mm. doesn't mean go ahead and cheat on me again because she worked... It means we're going to make this happen. We're going to work it out. He came okay. home to me private. We found... I, you know, I found out through him. It's me and him. We're talking. It might get published on the blogs. Situation two. If I'm home chilling with my friends, hey, what's up? E! News comes on. Blake Griffin, pictures of him, you know, in bed with the groupie. We're separating. Hands down, we're separating. <laughs> like, I'm separating from you. Doesn't mean we're divorcing, but I'm separating from you. Because now you try to be sneaky. You see me this morning, gave me a kiss on my forehead, say bye, I'm going to practice. And here I am now in our living room, drip, drinking some wine, watching E! News, saying that there's these pictures of you with the groupie. Because you try to get away with it. Hmm. That means that you you don't value me as a person. That doesn't mean you don't value, that means you don't value me as a wife. You know? So... It depends how, I feel like it depends how these cheating situations happen. Because all men cheat. That's that's my idea. It happens some. It happens here and there. It happens more often than you hear women cheating. So, I feel like it depends how you how the situation is exposed. How we're going to go about things. Like, Hello? if you have the courage to tell me that you cheated on me, then I'm going to go ahead and be able to hold you down. Like, I'm going to be able to be like, we're going to make this work because I'm your wife. You have that respect for me. But I feel like a lot of these cheating scandals get... 
blown out of proportion. These men try to tiptoe and creep and try to get away with what they can get away with, and that's why these women are these women are on the show exposing that they got cheated on, and that's why it's not you. You brought up communicating; they're not communicating. The women are communicating their feelings of abandonment and their sadness and sorrows on on TV to the world, but they're not going home to have these conversations with the men. No, not at all, and that's the problem. That's really what happens. They need an audience for everything they want to say. That becomes embarrassment. That becomes not keeping it in the house. And honestly, that's just not marriage. Exactly. And these men feel weak in a way. They feel exposed. So that's why they How don't... How can you not feel? Exactly. And they feel like since they feel this way, they're going to take it out on the girl and they're not willing to make it work. You know? So it's, it's, it's a sticky situation. It really a, is. It's a very sticky situation. And in closing, I just want to ask your question on this. Your your 100% opinion. Okay. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Lala, been together for a while, have a kid and everything. I think he's about, what, seven or eight years old by now? Yeah, about there. Do you feel like there's ever been a time where he stepped out? Because there's always been rumors for years that he stepped out, and the latest rumor was that maybe she stepped out. Do you think they, is it a situation where they just keep it quiet and they worked on it, or it really happened and they're just, you know? I think every single basketball wife has dealt with a situation where the man has stepped out. I think they have. You have to think about it. How often, the ratio of how often they're at home with their wife compared to where they are out, you know, being exposed to these females, or even in the in the city, you know, just Lala's a busy person. She goes away, shoots shoots movies, does what she does, shoots TV shows. So I do think there might have been a situation where Carmelo has stepped out, but there, Lala's a powerful woman, so she probably just take took care of it, or maybe there hasn't been a situation where he stepped out yet, you know. But I feel like they have a a solid foundation. They were together for a while, and they only got married, you know, several years ago. So I feel like there might have been situations where he stepped out. I can't. I'm. I don't like speaking on the people's relationship because there's right. so many different possibilities. But if he did step out, obviously, Lala handled that. Oh yeah, because I think Lala I mean? has her own name and brand before she met him. That's exactly. that's always something I always look at, even like Gabrielle Union. But we knew Gabrielle Union situation. We knew D Wade stepped out, exactly. and she was like okay with it. With another baby on the, on the she side. She wasn't okay with it. The thing is, she just didn't expose how she handled the situation in the media. You think she stood at looking Dwayne in face like, it's okay, we're going to... No, she probably cursed him out, probably hit him upside his head, and <laughs> did what they have to do. But he respects her as a person. They yeah. worked through it. She knew this the man I'm going to get married. I'm getting married to. This this kid is going to be my stepson. And we're going to work through it. He's, he made a mistake, but we're strong enough. We're, we're a unit. We could get through this. All right, well, this wraps up a very exciting episode (laughs) segment of the gray area here on Sports Social (laughs) at Easton. We'll be right back. I'm going to let everybody simmer with that for a moment because that was a lot. That was a lot. lot. That was a lot. My head's spinning. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Social as you here on Soundcast FM.
Congratulations, defending your title in front of your hometown fans. Is there anything that you would like to say to them? Alabama! You probably could have taken Chris out in the fourth or fifth round. Why did you let him hang around as long as you did? Oh man, I had to, uh, as you can see, I got my Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Real Muhammad Ali. But I wanted to give you guys a knockout, but uh, I broke my hand and I tore my muscle in my right hand, so I couldn't show it because Chris is a, is a, is a tough, tough man. So I had to fight like a champion, like a champion do, man, and, and use my, my jab all night and display a, a great jab and a great show. Like I said, flowing like a butterfly, stinging like a beat, man. I'm sorry. Next up, you'd like to unify the division. Do you want Anthony Joshua up next, or do you want to wait for the winner? of Klitschko and Fury. Man, I want, my, my goal is to unify the division. I'm one of the baddest, one of the hard hitters, hitting heavyweights in the, in, in the business. Right here from Alabama, baby. And uh, I done came a long way. So whoever got those belts, that's who I want. As you can see, it don't matter what, it don't matter, it don't matter if I got a broke hand, got a poor muscle, whatever, I'm still gonna fight because that's what champions do. So, 
with that being said, I don't play boxing, no matter what. So, of course I want the Furies, of course I want the Joshua's, but the question is, do they want me? So Deontay Waller. That was Deontay Waller. <laughs> he was wilding out after, you see how you use his name, Wilder. He yeah. was actually wilding out at the end. That's actually low key for him. Usually he's even more animated than that. That was after Saturday's win um, in the PBC, just the uh, Premier Boxing Championships. He's the he's the heavyweight champ. Obviously, he wants to unify everything and go against Tyson Fury, and that's the other guy that's really animated. They had like this huge like wrestling promo they pulled about a couple of months ago. It was hilarious where Fury jumped into the ring. He wasn't even fighting after one of um, Wilder's fights just to confront him, saying challenging him for the title. It was funny. It was one of the funniest moments, and they're trying to bring a tr- an attraction to the um, heavyweight, you know, division. Like a storyline. A storyline because it's never the heavyweight division. They don't talk about. It. They haven't talked about it in years. I'm right. talking about the last maybe 15 years or so. It hasn't gotten that much talk. So um, he's trying to pretty much bring more life to it, unify the belts because a big you know decision with um, boxing is which belt means more. Is it the IBF? Is it WBC? All that stuff they talk about. Mm-hmm. So. With Wilder, you know, talking the way he is, if he can live up to the hype, he's going to be, he's injured, so he may have to wait another nine months, it looks like. Yeah, That kind of hurts things a little bit more. But in the process, we may get a uh, Pacquiao fight. We don't know who he's fighting. We hope it's not Timothy Bradley for the 100th time. (laughs) Um, Possibly Pacquiao against um, your guy, Adrian Broner. My guy? How's it my guy? uh, You knew Adrian Broner right away. You're not a fan of Adrian Broner? I'm not a fan (laughs) of him. He talks too much. (laughs) He talks way too much. But uh, Adrian Broner, obviously the problem, as he calls himself, he uh, he's still a very good fighter. Not, in my opinion, an elite fighter. Mm-hmm. He just talks like he's an elite fighter. He wants to be Mayweather, but he's far from Mayweather. Right, exactly. He tried to do a couple Mayweather's moves, I remember, in a fight against, I think it was Matisse, and uh, he, he almost got killed in the yeah. ring. He was doing like the whole Mayweather, you know, head shake, all of that, and he was getting caught every single time out there. You can't duplicate. You, know, you, can't. Uh, you can't, and of course, Broner, like I said, a good fighter. He's beaten like a lot of different, a lot of different top ranked opponents, but not the guys. Not like you know the Canelo Alvarez is not. He's not facing those guys. You know, mm-hmm. Mayweather's beaten almost everybody. Let's be real, he has. You know, yeah. so it should be an interesting um, matchup to see who takes on Pacquiao. I don't know Canelo Alvarez is even on the radar for that because I don't think Pacquiao is good enough to fight Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez will kill him, mm-hmm. and. um I don't know if it will be a big draw because, uh, like, you're not a big boxing fan, right? You, you saying that before? No, I mean, like, I boxed when I was younger, but, like, I, I haven't. You boxed? Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, my dad made me it's, box for, like, five years. Yeah, I'd be ready for cheerleading. You, know, <laughs> you already said how how hard it is, the fighting and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I used to be really into boxing. Do you remember that show, The Contender? With, yes. Um, oh, my God. The, I used to love that show. <laughs> but I kind of fell off with all these, like, new names. Well, they're not new, but, you know, I've kind of fallen off of boxing. Well, because there hasn't been any big names besides Mayweather. That's 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 the exactly, main reason. Exactly. So, let me just ask you now on a personal because you boxed a little bit. Mm-hmm. What was the main thing they always told you, like when you're boxing? I guess just mainly about like guarding your face and you know being quick on your feet. Like that's mm. that's something I learned a lot. Because I mean, keep in mind when I started boxing, I was seven. Okay. Yeah. So it was more you, just you could like, have been champion of the world right now. Yeah. So it was kind of more just about like learning the basic survival skills but i just remember how much it was to like you know have a strong jab and be able to just you know always protect your face at always. all times like you got to be quick on your feet protect your face because once you get that hit in the face you're you're done like <laughs> i remember the first time i sparred like it was like a cat fight like we were just swinging and i remember just getting hit in my face and i was like 
whoa, <laughs> like I know why. And it's also like when you get hit in the face, it kind of sparks that anger. It's like it does. Ooh. That's that extra. If you can take a punch, you know how to give it back twice as hard. Exactly. So you know? it's like in the, in the mindset, it's like you got to protect your face. But it's like that face it could either you know amp you up or it could like you know end you. So yeah. it, that's what I like vividly remember. Also, like getting punched in the face for real, for real. So <laughs> you could tell what type of chin you got. So that's a real deal. <laughs> exactly. But um, speaking of uh, a battle, like I said, summer league is uh, basically over for the NBA. And, you know, I, I do want to wrap up on this. And I was talking about the D'Angelo Russell game and him and Ben Simmons. Well, I'm actually going to call that the game of the summer. That's the game of the summer. I mean, there was a couple other games that I thought about with the, um, I think it was San Antonio versus Golden State, summer league-wise, where it was a game-winning shot as well. Uh, Tyler Ellis, um, I'm not sorry, what, am I probably saying his name wrong. Tyler Eulis. Okay. What am I doing? Tyler Ellis. And I'll be about? the last one to be able to correct you. So <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Eulis hit a game-winner the other day as well. But uh, obviously, D'Angelo Russell's game winner was whole next level. To me, it's the game of the summer. I don't think there's any type of um, questioning on that. Uh, Russell had about 22 points. Ben Simmons, I think he was in double figures as well. But highlight after highlight after highlight. And I'm actually going to leave you guys on that little montage of just that <laughs> game because I'm considering I'm calling that the game of the summer. Of the summer. Of the summer. And um, I'm looking forward to next, well, not even next year, like a couple of months from now. We're talking about October NBA. And it's coming fast. Coming very fast. Hopefully the Knicks, this is the season. Right. Everybody's living up for that. You know, we're waiting for the, the next big things you should be hearing from the NBA. Obviously the last minute free agent signings. Yeah. As well as the um, schedule release which is always a thing in August now. So this is, now the NBA can finally calm down. We had the free agency frenzy. Yeah, we had the summer league. It was so much. <laughs> it was so much going on with that. But now the NBA can officially calm down. And um, just, yeah, we'll just get ready. We can finally focus on football. Football is right around the corner. Sweetie. Are you going, to any, you going to any preseason games or not? I'm going to try to go to the um, MetLife Bowl, the Giants versus the Jets. You going I, again? Yeah, I, I just live for that. I just, Giants. I just want to see my boy Victor Cruz back out there. Yes, that's the, hungry for him. That's the yeah. See, that's the big thing, you know, salsa, all of that. <laughs> want to see if it all happened this season. So, definitely uh, a lot of that coming up, and um, more things to come here on Sports Social. But uh, we're gonna wrap the show up here for a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. I know Naomi will be back on Thursday. Yes, and we'll be discussing more um, the WWE draft takes place tomorrow night. That's a big deal for all the wrestling heads out there. You know, don't laugh at us. It's don't laugh at us, Naomi. It's funny to be a WWE draft. It is like, a huge deal. It is a huge deal. Okay, <laughs> everybody in the world is going to be tuned in to SmackDown Live for the first time ever. So it's a uh, it's a big Sounds deal. Exciting. So WWE Raw. I know a lot of people are watching tonight because they want to know who the GMs are. So that's the big build up. Okay? Mm, okay. So all the all the fellow wrestling nerds will be tuned in tonight and tomorrow, <laughs> and we'll talk about this tomorrow as well. So, like I said, until tomorrow, this is Sports Social with Ed Easton, Naomi Gray. Have a good one. Draft, the showdown that has many in this town anticipating. Meanwhile, for the Lakers, the same starting five as yesterday that took on the Pelicans. Ingram as Russell misses his first pull. Simmons, that's what he does. What he does. Working on his body, he's put on 12 pounds. Russell put it on the rim. He's ready to go. Simmons, and he finishes at the rim. Lance Jr. with the steal. Simmons on the rundown, but couldn't catch Russell. Zubac on the switch. 
Nice offhand move by Ben Simmons. Brilliance has sustained excellence over the course of the year. They need to see that in Los Angeles. Great dime by Simmons. Holmes couldn't finish and got the second one to go. Simmons, great feed. Ben Simmons with the dime to McConnell. Fran Fraschilla, our international draft. Larry Nance taking a stance on that. <laughs> Simmons. Oh, mercy me. Lakers down by five. Nance Look on out. the <laughs> Clear for two. Pros. Oh, great move by Russell. Hey. August. And the Lakers to within one. Larry Nance, a little heat check. Simmons with a little bit of thunder. There's a little extra. Stauskas. Yes. Sort of taking a page out of Larry Nance's playbook. Ingram finally knocks down his first field goal. Here's the turnover and Nance. Lethal in the open court. Ingram. A long two. Finally engaged in the game offensively. Russell. Good rotation on that shot. Former first-round pick from Sacramento, Russell pulls up and probably knocked that down. One and a half to go, Russell out front. Ingram has a mismatch against McConnell, and it's go time. Brandon Ingram with the silky smooth touch. Russell out top. McConnell a good on-ball defender. For the time! Two is good. Russell points to his arm, says, I got ice in my veins. Tied. Four seconds. McConnell. Oh, yes. 1.8 left. Russell for the win. Redemption. And the ice in his veins is still there. D'Angelo, the one. Let's go courtside to James.